Here's how it is. The Earth got a shiny TV show named Firefly, and then it got taken off the air. Group of fans, they form the brown coats, but there's still some need teaching in the ways of the verse. So, I'm Malcolm Reynolds. This here's Serenity, and we're still flying. Thank you for calling. Leave me a message, please. Tell me what day and what month and what year it is. Cause I'm not here. No, baby, I'm not home. The lights are on for sure, but maybe the occupants have flown. I'll catch you later, love. Uh-oh, goodbye. Got to fly, I got to fly. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Still Flying, the podcast intro cast about Firefly. This episode is about the train job. This warning, this is spoilery. If you have not watched the entire series, skip it and wait until you watch the whole series because we are going to spoil everything. Also, we might possibly spoil Buffy and Angel, so be aware that's always a possibility on this podcast. Now that you have your warnings, uh, I'm Tabs, and I'm going to introduce our fun panel of oldies, starting with Allie. Hi, I'm Allie. Uh, this is my first time podcasting ever at all. Ah, we popped your cherry. <laughs> um, but I do plan to be running my own, hopefully soon. It's been having some trouble getting up. It's an intro cast for the show Supernatural. Yay! And how I got into Firefly... Um, well, of course, I was a Buffy fan. I think we all are here. And um, and so when Firefly came out, I tried to catch a couple episodes and it was on the air, but it was so hard because yeah. I never knew when it was on. <laughs> and and unfortunately, the first episode I saw was Safe, mm. which which is one that I signed up for because I think it's the worst episode. Oh. Um, because I saw it and I'm like, I don't know what this show is and I don't know if I like it. Uh-huh. But then the second one I managed to catch was Out of Gas. And I'm like, oh, this show is so good. And then I never saw it again. Aww. And and the next thing I heard was that Joss Whedon was writing the screenplay and he wanted to make the movie. And I decided not to watch Firefly to purge my memory of it and wait till the movie came out. I went to see it opening night. I totally for- forgot the episodes I had seen. And I watched it as, as a completely uninitiated audience member. And wanted to see how well Joss Whedon did at writing for someone who hadn't watched the show. And my mind was blown, and I became obsessed, and I just loved Firefly. It was on forums, and I learned how to play all the music, and I went to, like, brown coat events. And, um, and here I am now. <laughs> wow, awesome. I guess I'm next. Um, I'm Garrett. I got into Firefly, uh through a couple of friends uh, in Texas and uh, it was my first Joss show and I just kind of went from there, watched all of Buffy all of Angel. I uh, haven't seen all of Dollhouse yet. I still need to do that. Go away. Go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've been a fan of Firefly since uh, actually since about the January after Serenity came out so I missed it in theaters but I've been to a lot of Can't Stop the Serenity events since and so have fix that particular problem, so to speak. <laughs> yes. Oh, and I'm Nick. Uh, I'm, uh, I, I missed uh, Firefly the first time around. So, yeah, I'm, I guess I'm the one who got it canceled. Sorry. <laughs> um, 
It's all it's your all fault. Nick's fault. Yeah, of <laughs> course. Again. Send yeah. hate email to Nick got Firefly canceled at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but when the movie was coming out, I had friends who had seen the show, and they said, "You you have to watch this." And so I did. They they sat me down in front of the pilot and then uh, Shindig, hmm. and I I was hooked. You know, the the, the rest is history. <laughs> That's an interesting choice, the pilot and then Shindig. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, the the pilot was pretty obvious. Um, I, know, I, I think Shindig was a was a pretty good choice because it, it kind of featured everybody, mm. you know, a little bit. But I'm not going to go into detail because that's not why we're here. So, but yeah, you know, we'll we'll, we'll save that for the next guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, one of the upcoming episodes of Joss, I actually want to discuss what episodes to show new people because mm. it's an interesting selection. Like, why do you pick certain episodes over other episodes, and do you go in order and uh, Kim and I have always said, don't watch the first season of Buffy unless you're already yeah. sold on it. <laughs> uh. Like to to introduce somebody who's kind of anti-Buffy, like not anti, oh, but has yeah. that, that that block. Uh, don't show them the first season. <laughs> uh, I guess. Jump to jump to season two. I'd kind of yeah. like to be in on that discussion. Okay, um, but anyway, we're here to talk about the train job, which is the second first episode of Firefly. <laughs> Uh, and our lovely newbies, Harriet and uh, Melanie, seem to be very taken with the episode. What did you guys think of uh, Harriet and Melanie's thoughts? Well, they, they catch on to everything, I think. They're, they're right there with the show, and they're picking up everything that the show wants to be picked up, which, especially like when it was first on the air, it was really hard for people to do. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're very savvy TV watchers. I've I've mm-hmm. been very surprised. Yeah, they're they're not missing much. Mm-mm. No. Yeah, like they saw right through Mal at uh-huh. the beginning. Um, they love. I loved when they said they love to hate Jane because that's <laughs> that's exactly the character yeah. he's designed to be. Yep, and they also picked up on the the hint that that Jane is leaning toward uh, selling Simon and, and, and River out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. They really, um, they really see into characters. I think they really sort of know how the characters are set up and, and know just different pieces of the characters. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's hall noise, college dorms. Uh, I thought they were really excited about the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> The background of my place might sound like that too, but I live with thirty-year-olds. Yeah, I found it interesting. They, I mean, I know now watching the episode that it's really obviously stated that that Jane's going to turn, but I don't think I picked that up the first time I watched it because I was just kind of wrapped up in the story. But yeah, I I was very surprised when they picked up on that. Yeah, I, I know I didn't catch it the first time either. You know, I thought I wasn't sure if if Joss was trying to to uh, trick us or or not, or because mm-hmm. you know he's he's kind of crafty. <laughs> well, I like they were debating a lot about what Mal's stance on it was. Hmm. Um, and and that I think what they settled on was pretty accurate. It's that you know Jane was saying that Mal is keeping them 
to hopefully, you know, in the future if he needs to deal with the Alliance. Um, but that's really just Jane's projection. Mm-hmm. And Mal is, he's, he's already becoming a little protective of them. Yeah, that uh, that often, when I first watched the series um, and the movie, that often confused me. Um, because Simon seems like such a thorn in Mal's side, but he still has this like affection for him. And it it's one of the things I love about Joss Whedon shows. The characters are so complex that they can have those dueling emotions. Mm. Um, especially yeah. Mal, yeah. who is a contradiction. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. a good good thief and uh, has morals um, and sticks by him more than the other thieves. And he doesn't quite fit in anybody's world right now. Uh, and so taking on more alliance trouble seems like the opposite of what he'd want to do, but he did it. <coughs> yeah, and it also doesn't hurt that, uh, in Simon's case, that Simon's useful. You know, mm-hmm. be, be, you know, being a doctor when you're getting shot at every other day is, you know, it's really nice to have around. Yeah. Mm. Especially when he, you know, in in the pilot, although, you know, obviously it wasn't shown, but still, in the pilot, he just takes the time and saves Haley and just does it. And it's really not, it doesn't seem that difficult for him. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's obvious just how much talent he has at being a doctor. Yeah. Mm. Was it on this podcast where they talking about how, how everyone on that ship is like a genius? Yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, a genius mechanic, a genius Ooh. doctor. A genius, genius pilot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a shepherd that can, you know, kick people up and down the ship, but... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how good he is as a shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> He's got yeah. hidden talents. Uh, yeah, a genius companion. I mean, uh, yeah, they're all very skilled. Which is funny, because you know they don't make a lot of money on that ship. But they stay. Hey, it's home. <laughs> Um, what did you think about their uh, character choices? Their favorite characters? and Oh, I didn't write that down. Um, I think... Uh, I've, I've got a note that says um, their favorite characters haven't really changed from the pilot, mm-hmm. but the unlikable ones have become um, more likable. Except Badger. Except Badger. Uh, well, Badger um, <laughs> but they haven't seen Badger again, so... <laughs> right. Uh, and they liked Jane more than they did originally, and they're also starting to like Simon a little bit more. Yeah. I was surprised how fast they changed on Jane, because they really did not like his character in the first episode. Yeah. But, I mean, they still don't like him. They just realize that he's not supposed to be liked. Mm-hmm. But he's he's so much fun. He's, yeah. he's always <laughs> been one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I can't I can't wait for till they get to Janestown because I think that's the episode oh, I really I really fell fun. in love with Jane. <laughs> of course, and then he turns around and oh Jane, <sighs> or the message when he gets his hat. I mean, oh yeah, they made a comment about that in this episode in his little brown. I know. Hat I, that he had. Did he I was, that, like his. I was biting my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> how did you how did you know that that was important <laughs> well it's kind of funny though that that hat isn't his iconic hat even though he's worn that so many more times than the yellow red and orange mm-hmm. one yeah that's but true i guess it does show up 
more than once because it does show back up in Janestown. I guess I missed mm-hmm. that. Huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, subtle, it's a subtle hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the yellow, orange, and red one is iconic because it's yellow, orange, and red. Right. <laughs> and his mom made it. And, you know, it was a, it was a different side of his character. <laughs> yeah, just kind of that one letter just, like, opens up this whole world about Jane. It's like, mm-hmm. what? You know, yeah. it's like he has his mother who's just, like, loving and knits and he sends them money. Right. And he's just, like, so excited. He's a mama's boy. What? Yep. <laughs> and he's got a little brother of some sort and all or that. Or sister. Or uh, true, or sister. <laughs> Not entirely clear. Our, my current my current theory is that that um, her name is Radiance. Her uh, Jane's mom, Radiance Cobb, named all of her children opposite gender names. So I think Maddie is a girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. And we or find tonight. out her name in um, the comics, Radiance. <laughs> I haven't finished all the comics. I haven't. I, I haven't or, read hardly any of them. Yeah, you, in the in this one, um, it's the, they all talking about what they do with all their money, and and Jane is going to get a ship named Radiance, and they all make fun of him. He goes, "That's my ma's name." <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't read any of those. Uh, are they? Well, I've read. Um, Oh, was it like those left behind? Yes, that yeah. was, that's one that, that bridges. In, I think that isn't those left behind. I'm not sure. No, it, it is. I think I, it was, I think the one you were discussing is Better Days. Oh, that's right, Better Days. Okay. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've the, only read those left behind. So. <clears throat> that's the one that bridges the show and the movie, right? Oh uh, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's yeah. the most that's the most important one to read <laughs> if you're a fan. Well, and I, there's also Bugs like, backstory. Yeah. Oh my god, I need yeah. to read that one. I do yeah. too. Uh. <laughs> but I mean, just for the sake of like everyone who complains about the continuity of the movie. I mean, of course it's not going to have perfect continuity, but the comic helps a lot with that. And I think listening <laughs> to the commentary helps a lot, because Joss explains why he had to change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was really weird, though, like having watched the movie basically first and then mm-hmm. watching the show. I had no idea how important Book was as a character. Oh, yes. And I totally thought Mr. Universe was in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I wish Mr. Universe was in the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, he, was, he was probably going to be, but, you know, yeah. Fox. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Fox. Okay, so the train job, one of my favorite episodes... Oh. It's the episode that I fell in love with Firefly. Uh, and like I've said a million times, the end, especially. Mm. When Mal kicks that guy through the engine. Oh. Yeah, yeah. that is a great moment. I was like, oh, this is my show. Because I fell asleep during the pilot when I first watched it. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think the other folks made the, made the same comment about that particular moment. Just absolutely loving it. Mm-hmm. I've heard that before from other people. It's always just like it's so refreshing for so many people who are like they watch so much Batman and it's like he never kills anybody even though he totally should. <laughs> yes. Or you yeah. know just just all of the film I mean how many films and TV shows where there's like this uber bad guy who's like the Moriarty of the story and you're like no he's going <laughs> to screw up your life kill him. 
and he comes back and kills a girlfriend or, you know, wrecks a family, and you're just like, oh, you should have killed him. <laughs> Why didn't you kill him? <laughs> yeah, or, or at least not save him. Right. You know? Yeah. But, yes, I the, the train job uh, also gave me my, my favorite character, Zoe, because when they're in the thing and she goes, can I have your chair and can I have your share when you're dead? That that just told me. I was just like, I love Zoe. I want to be Zoe. She's um, so great. The, the, they made some good comments, I think, about the uh, the bar scene in the in the beginning of the episode. Mm. Like, there's stuff that they mentioned. You know, them being savvy people that they are. They mentioned stuff that that I'm just like, oh, that's there. Like the fact that there was like a TV there, and mm-hmm. like obviously there's the the window pane that's the uh, the hologram, right. But just in general, how like mixed the bar is in terms of old west and new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. That's one of the things I really love about the show is just watching some of the scenes, and um, I've done a lot of look, looking at the screen caps of the scenes just to see the old west, um, the Asian influence, and technology all mixed into one. And the set designers for Firefly were amazing doing that. Because it's all little things. Like I said, I I didn't notice that the the belly dancer had a flashing belly ring. <laughs> it's like some kind of techno light in her belly, um, and just little things like that. I think were really cool touches. I think that's another place where I I kind of detriment from having seen the movie because I gloss over it in the show. Mm. Well, because it's in the movie as well, and I notice it so much more there because it's so high quality like it's right. all well done in the show and in the movie but they had a bigger budget so it just right. looks so good <laughs> and i think also to a degree they had to make it a lot more obvious in the movie for the folks yeah. that didn't didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. like me yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it'd be fun to <laughs> see their reactions of the bar scene in the movie and the bar scene in this because i i often think of those places as similar um are they going to watch the movie after they're done with the show and, and mm-hmm. do a cast? Oh, cool. Yeah. How could right. they not? <laughs> Point taken. There's there's only 14 episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just like, it's so, the, the show is left so high and dry. Like, mm-hmm. not only do you have to, like, as an audience member, do you have to watch the movie, but Joss Whedon had to write the movie because he couldn't just let it end there. Yeah. So, uh, but what he could have made if he got another uh, season. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you think about it. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember uh, th- that uh, both Melanie and Harriet were talking about uh, the sheriff, uh, mm-hmm. about uh, whether we'd see him, him again. And I, I was just thinking, yeah, we probably would have. <laughs> Because he, he, you know, he was almost too good to just use the once. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that actor, I should have looked him up. He's such a great character actor. I've seen him in a bunch of other shows too. Oh yeah, um, he's all over the place. Yeah. He's in he's in a movie with the uh, with Nathan Fillion, where Nathan Fillion's a sheriff. Oh, um, Slither. 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 Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. you're right. That is the same guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, James Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> giving me some of my favorite Nathan Fillion moments. Uh, All right. What other notes do you guys have about? Um, their... uh, I've got a lot. 
Um, the, all the stuff about Simon and River and and how they were. Um, they made the one note that, that Simon and River really seemed like a real brother and sister, mm. and and how um, just sort of the the two sides of of that with Simon being no, you can't go home, no, it's not safe, and really not trusting the parents, and River being like, well, what's the problem? Yeah, yeah, I, uh, I had to refrain from telling him the movie story about about Sean Meyer and uh, you know, when he's doing that death scene and. And Summer was like inconsolable because um, I was like, "That's that's the relationship they had, you know, when they're acting. They had just this beautiful relationship, and he's dying in that scene, and she just took it personally. <laughs> like, no, he's not really dying. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> but she was just, you know, she was sobbing because they have that connection, and you can really see it on the on the screen. It feels real. Well, that's what's so amazing about the whole cast, though, is how much they became a family mm-hmm. and i mean i think they like they fell in love with the show as much as the fans fell in love with the show and then they fell in love with each other as much as we fell in love with them yeah. and that's why it has such a strong following yeah why it works so well even though it only had the one season sad mm-hmm. face <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we got a movie, we got comic books. Yeah. It's better than some shows that I've watched that had only three episodes. Lone yeah. Star. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I, you were talking Sherlock, but... Oh, uh, well, Sherlock's getting more. <laughs> That's true. Yes, eventually. Eventually, yeah. British British three shows, sometimes three, three episodes are, you know, different than... American uh, three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this yeah this was planned ahead of time. So yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like I like you said I I'm gonna go back to marveling over how much they catch on to things, and you know maybe it's it's a result of the their intro cast savvy, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they they continually blow my mind and I want to go, Oh yes. And then I have to say, no, I can't say anything. <laughs> how, how excited were you when they made that X-Men prediction? <laughs> where they're like, <laughs> it's like river special. What if there's like a psychic kid? I know. <laughs> river is a psychic kid. <laughs> Yay. Mm-hmm. Although yeah, I, I, I was totally confused with the whole river thing. When I first watched, I was like, what is going on? I don't and, understand. And it, <laughs> I can only imagine, because I watched, like I said, I watched the movie first. It totally influenced the way I watched the show, like yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. Like I always knew what River was, and I kept waiting for her to be a badass. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> I knew she had been. Well, my problem was the scene where they find her in the box is so much like this episode of Star Trek, where there's this woman in a box, just like she was, and that was entirely different. I think that was a concubine thing. And so oh, yeah. I was influenced so much by that episode. Like, just the Im- the images seem so similar to me in my mind that I'm like, okay, she was traumatized. She was sold as a slave and used. And so I was like, but what? Why? Why are we concerned that they cut into her? Why would you cut into somebody's brain? I don't understand. <laughs> Did they lobotomize her? I mean, yes. yeah, so yeah, I was I was very confused. 
Yeah, and the they mentioned that. They said that they there, a lot of people probably would be very confused, and they were sort of confused at the river stuff and what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as it being a first episode instead of Serenity, I think they said um, that the river stuff would be really, really confusing for folks that hadn't seen that the pilot. Yeah. yeah. There is oh. some there's some good things about I, I honestly don't think Joss can write a good pilot. I think he should give that to somebody else. <laughs> um, because writing a good pilot is hard because you have to do all of this exposition and make it action, you know, so the reader or the watcher stays engaged. Um, and very few shows do it very well. And I could like there's a handful of shows I know that have an excellent pilot. Um but Joss needs that two-hour frame to go, and here's so-and-so, and here's so-and-so, and, um, you know, I, I, I think Buffy's a better pilot than this one was, was just because it's there's so many people. I'm sorry, go, go on. Okay, um, I think partially with Buffy, it's also that it's a little more relatable. You don't have to explain the world, because the world is more or less explained for you. It's right. just a matter of, oh, there's supernatural stuff here now. Right, and that and that world is is relatable for most people, too. It's like, oh, vampires? Okay, I know what a vampire is. Yeah, but yeah. are we talking about the unaired pilot or the first episode? The unaired pilot was never supposed to be the pilot. It was a concept thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh really? I I thought that that they were planning on on airing it, but oh, uh, mm-hmm. oh okay. It's a oh. perfect concept. Which is weird because I think it's a great in- introduction. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, there's I some scenes in that one that I I like better than the the official one. Hmm. Yeah, but I feel like maybe that's one reason why another reason why the first episode's stronger is because Joss got to make the pilot first, right? Yeah, and and practice it before he. Yeah. Went full yeah, out. I'm just I'm just saying that I kind of I understand where Fox and these guys are coming from with the please make another pilot. <laughs> I really I really like the Firefly pilot though. Like I Once you fall in love with the series, the pilot is amazing. Uh until you do, until you buy into it, it's it's so hard. It's mm. it's hard to get through and it's hard to go, mm. okay, I don't care. Like Okay, there's another person that I have to keep track of. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that didn't really happen for me, partially because like the friends that introduced me to the show were just like, "This is so cool," and right. me, be, me being as young as I was because I'm 18 now, I was just like, "Yay!" And so <laughs> it, they're just kind of like have a show, and I'm like, "This is really cool." Yeah. See, I don't know. I I disagree because I I loved the pilot when I first saw it. You know, since that was the you know that was the my my introduction. And I was sold on it, like right away, because you know it literally starts with a bang, Mm -hmm. and then like okay, there's this war, and then okay, this is them later, and then um, I guess you know you kind of picked up pick up on who everybody is or who everybody's supposed to be, Mm -hmm. and then by the end of the episode, everybody's in their in their place, and you kind of know you know who they are, you kind of know how they relate to, to the world. Mm-hmm. And you have an idea of, of what the world's like. And I, I had an expectation that whatever blanks I had were going to get filled in. Right. Yeah, I think that's how it was with me, too. Although, you know, years ago, I don't really remember. And like I said, I was young at the time. Don't really remember. But, oh, well. Mm-hmm. 
Stop mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> totally well, not mocking you. One of the, my favorite things about the pilot and about this episode were, um, were, were the part that we're talking about that we liked where he kills the guy in the train job. And I also like, like that twist. He started throwing those punches right at the very beginning and they just build and build and build until the movie. Yeah. Like we're at the end of Serenity. He kills the, the federal agent. What mm-hmm. was he again? Marshall? I forget what he was. Uh, D- Dobson. Dobson. Um, yeah. And I'm like, I mean, it, it's not like some big mind blowing twist, but it's, it was kind of that sign that, you know, Mal and his crew, like, you know, we're following them and they're good guys, but they're anti-heroes because they're just going to go up and shoot a guy. Right. Just gonna pop, pop a cap in him. <laughs> It was totally that one. That scene always reminds me of Indiana Jones when he, you know, the guy with the sword and he just shoots him. Yep. It was totally that kind of moment. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I got stuff like, to do. <laughs> there's a problem in the way; it needs to be solved. Done. Right. Right. Yep. Well, and earlier in the pilot, Mal shoots a horse. You know, I mean, yeah. you you rarely see that in in a western. Yeah. Oh, not the horsies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't shoot. Shoot the man, not the horse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And a horse is in the way. What are you going to do? I mean, it definitely spoke to me, though, that pragmatism that they, mm-hmm. they had in the characters, where it's like characters can still be, like, you can still like them, right. even though they don't, they don't always adhere to the, you know, superhero code. And, um, I think that's why this this episode was so key to the series as a whole was showing that you know Mal'll do anything he'll get in bed with anybody to get his ship running, but he has a line, and the line was those drugs needed to go to those people they needed it. he wasn't going to deprive him of it I, I they made a lot of comments about that and i I particularly thought it was interesting um whoever it was that made the comment that that's not what the original ending was and Fox yeah. made that yeah. the ending mm-hmm. yeah I was just well, kind of like you know it's it just because as they were saying and I agree you know it's just such an integral moment for his character it is and I could see where Joss would want it to be the other way to just show how far Mal has gone away from his faith and away from his moral, you know, he putting every, everything else aside to, to keep his crew together. Um, it would have made for interesting, but you, I don't think you would have fallen in love with Mal. You've just been like, Oh my gosh, this guy's, <laughs> this guy's <A> lost. <laughs> yeah. It would have taken a lot to, to bring us back in his corner again. Mm-hmm. Well, it really makes me wonder what, what might have happened on the show after that, and especially in the movie, if mm-hmm. if Joss got to write it the way he originally intended, because it feels like that really shapes and defines his moral core, right? Because it's you know it's kind of the whole like Joss Whedon's whole existentialism philosophy or existentialist philosophy, where it's like the only thing that matters, or if nothing matters, then the only thing that matters is what we do, or like meaning is what you imbue Mm -hmm. because a thing by itself doesn't have any meaning. 
Well, I think that's where Joss wanted to go with the story, is get Mal to a place where he wouldn't be the person who would risk everything to let people know about Miranda. And that would be a huge turning point for Mal as a character to say, okay, you know, up until this point, I haven't done anything except for what helped me and mine. Yeah. And then the movie would have been, and I think this is where Joss was going, that that point would would have been Mal's redemption from being so lost when he, you know, lost his faith in Serenity Valley, lost his confidence in, in a good society or good, you know, good triumphing over evil. Um, and that would have been his, okay, we're regaining that. Um, There's now something here yeah. that needs to be fought for other than just my crew. Right. His, his, buy-in, his buy-in back into back into why he signed up as a brown coat to make the world a better place. Or even just maybe the idea that me and mine includes all of humankind mm-hmm. and not just yeah. his needy partners. Right. That's interesting. But that would have been a hard sell. Just like, I think that's part of the reason Dollhouse was a hard sell is it's so gray. You know, all of the characters would have then had no moral compass at all. <laughs> Matt would have been, you know, this guy did anything to for his crew. And yeah. like we said, it would have been hard for him to think. And, you know, Zoe would have gone along with it because she's loyal to Mal. And Wash would have gone along with it because as goes Zoe, so goes my nation. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think they could have sold it if it wasn't just such a long-term story. Because mm-hmm. when people don't know what's going to happen, I think, well, this, this is it. This is what we've got, and it's all it's going to be, right? Because right. I, don't, I don't know about serial stories. <laughs> pre-lost. Right. Well, and we need somebody to root for. We need somebody that we think is good. And things like this with Mal show you that he's good. You know, Mal's, Mal's taking, in the pilot, Mal taking care of Dobson and rescuing Simon and River and not just letting them go. Those are little moments that you can hang on to him and say, he's a hero. You, you know, it's a flawed hero. He's up against a horrible situation. Um, he can't save the world, but at least he's done these good things. Yeah, sometimes I wonder, though, if they did change him too much, because there have been times where I watch the show, and especially when I watch the movie, and, and like, and Nora talks about how, how he can be such a bad guy sometimes you know she talks about him in a negative way and it's so hard to see that because he, he became so lovable mm-hmm. <laughs> by the end of the series yeah but then you get the moments like in in the movie when you know he yeah obviously it's it's mercy but he and he shoots the guy that, that the reavers have grabbed but it's also when he shoots the guy um in the ship mm-hmm. right after on on haven oh yeah yeah mm-hmm it's like the guy's surrendering. It's like no, too bad. I'm you know too angry to to let, yeah. to to accept surrender. Yeah. Well, yeah, and he also shoots the operative. You know, after he admits that, or after the operative himself admits that he's not armed. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think partially goes back to that pragmatism of just I'm going to solve this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe it's just my personal connection to it because whenever he does things like that, I don't think. Oh. I think. He's such a badass. That's all I 
Well, I think part of the problem is that uh, Nathan Fillion is so goofy, like yeah. as a person. Yeah. That you just you're, you're so adorable. <laughs> oh. It's hard. It's hard to picture him a, a mean old grumpy man. Yeah, that's the one thing I did like. I mean, that's my favorite change from the pilot to the first episode. That, um, from what I remember listening to in the commentaries, that the, the network gave no for is they wanted Al to have more humor, mm-hmm. and like because they did because because Nathan Fillion really show off his comedic chops which they knew he had because he had been in sitcom before right and um i mean maybe that's that's part of what took away the grump of Mal, but he was so funny <laughs> yep. well and i think i think joss does best when he realizes that he can do the the humor and still be serious and the gravitas yeah um yeah. Because that was sometimes when I was watching Dollhouse where it kind of fall flat. It's like, well, you bring the funny. Where's the funny? I want the, I want the moment like in Angel where he's like, uh, Angel standing there talking about how he has Buffy's hand in his heart and it's all this beautiful drama, whatever. And, and she goes, that's kind of gross if you think about it. <laughs> you take it literally. <laughs> and I love those moments because it under, it's like real life, you know. You can't get through... S- serious crap without humor and life sucks yeah, a lot of the time more and more writers have been kind of adhering to that too like mm-hmm. comedies they're usually just flat comedies and there are quite more of them that have you know emotional moments here and there but almost every dramatic series they've learned to give their characters a sense of humor because people in real life have have a sense of humor and they make jokes about things Agreed. All right. Last thoughts about the train job, about what do you guys think they're going to think about Bushwhacked? Your predictions about their predictions. <laughs> um, can, I, can I just take a moment and, and take, take a moment and look at something that, that they missed? Because we're oh, talking sure. about them being savvy, and they completely missed the hands of blue thing. And I thought that oh, was yeah. really, really. Oh yeah. Oh, I know. I was like, wait a minute. You saw everything else but that. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they were distracted by by the fact that the uh, hands of blue guys were were, uh, were were talking to a doorman. Yeah. That scene is very short too. I remember, and it's like at yeah. the very end. So if you're like, oh, the episode's over, you might have totally missed it but i don't know how they missed it yeah. Well, yeah especially watching through it twice well it sounds like they missed the connection between um oh t- two by two hands of blue and the fact that these guys had blue hands because if i remember right in in the podcast uh n- neither of them sounded surprised when, when you specifically called them the the blue hands guys or whatever you call them mm-hmm. yeah so I, th- I think it was the connection between the phrase and the actual guys that they missed. Oh, yeah, okay. Maybe. I was going to say, is they, they said they had trouble hearing River and what she said, and they had, I think the second time they had to put the subtitles on. I remember I had to put uh, the subtitles on to figure out what River was saying. Uh, yeah, she, is, she was a fast talker, if I remember correctly. See, I, I caught that right away because I love the TV show Pretender, The Pretender. And mm-hmm. there is something similar that they use in The Pretender that's like a singy-songy thing. Um, so as soon as I heard River the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, this is like The Pretender. <laughs> and it's really <laughs> important, even though it sounds like gibberish. Um, 
But I was kind of disappointed when right away you saw the hands of blues guys. I was like, oh, they're actually hands of blue guys. Yeah. Or like code or something. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's awfully convenient. Yeah. Although considering that I th- that I believe that was a, a choice on Fox's part saying create more of an arc to this instead of just mm-hmm. these like one-off things. Yeah. I, it makes sense that it's just like, fine, here's your arc. But it's also a matter of here's some weird stuff and let's hook you in for more because there's going to be an arc yeah well and it goes back to i really i really admire joss for making crazy people not crazy really they're just talking differently like everything that they say makes sense it's just a different way of saying it Um, yeah and i love that about about his crazy people like they're just not talking gibberish um they just have a different perspective on the world yeah and it forces the audience to have to pay attention to them instead of just you know, tuning them out because now mm-hmm. it's just the crazy person talking. Right. 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 And considering that that's basically the way it works in real life, because I've met some folks that just will shout random stuff and you're just like, okay, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, it makes sense to them. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, I had a note that I didn't get talked about when we were talking about um, when they were, they were thinking about Sam's parents, here and Simon's parents, and I wondered for the first time. I was like, how did I think about this before? What exactly do their parents think about what's going on with their kids? Mm. And like, do they care that they're missing right. and that they're out there and being? I mean, I guess the the alliance is searching for them and they trust the alliance, but like, yeah, I. I... I often think that the parents knew what was happening to River because of that, those scenes where you see in the flashback of Safe mm-hmm. uh, and Tam Sr. Um, he, he, the way he played it, it sounds like they know and he's like, you know, don't worry about it. Like, like stop this. Um, just because he seems so disinterested in River... And so intent on getting um, getting Simon to stop, like I feel like he knows that that something bad's going on, and there's nothing they can. He thinks that there's nothing they can do. You don't want to cross cross the alliance. Yeah, the, that was the, always my my impression. The interpretation I always heard of that was that they're so worried about keeping their status in society that they think something may be wrong, but they're not going to question it at all. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the scene that we see of the little Tams is so warm and so loving mm. um, that I find it really hard to sit to think that it's just status. I think they know. I think with their status, they know what's going on in the Alliance. Like, they know the dark side. Um, and they're trying to protect the one kid they have <laughs> left, you know, from yeah. that dark side. Well, I mean, what if, what if also the... They, they can be the dark side, you know. Like how how high up are they in the echelon of society? Because mm-hmm. his father was a really dark too, right? I don't um, remember. I don't remember. I, so. I got the feeling his dad was like a politician or something along those lines. He was in some kind Which of meeting. Which would be even more. That would be even more dieting. Right, more more dark side, yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and I just I mean I kind of wonder like would we have gotten to find out more if the show had gone on? Yeah. I feel like we would have and um in oh I can't remember what episode it is. I want to say Ariel. Uh they have the one flashback where 
Um, Simon's dad comes and gets him and basically says, if you ever end up out here again, I will not come for you. Mm-hmm. Isn't that's that safe. also unsafe? Oh, that's safe. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's picking, um, uh, he's picking Simon up at the, at the police station, right? Right, because he was yeah. in the blackout zone. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, it's nice yeah. to comment in that, in that scene about I, I, I was talking to someone that might be able to help River. So I think the parents really do know that something is going on. Yeah. I'm, oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Well, I I also always wondered if, if the show had gone on, if we would have seen more kids from the Academy mm. and, mm. and seen more of that conspiracy or even maybe a, another character that related to River because she was always kind of on the fringe of the show. Right. Yeah, I always wondered if they'd get a, you know, pick up another stray uh, and it wind up being somebody that is unsavable. Or or the Academy may, may have sent out someone going after River to yeah. get her back or something. Yeah, I always, it always, I mean, it, I, obviously, there's not enough episodes, but it always surprised me that there wasn't anybody from the Academy going after her. And I was like, well, maybe River's the only person that actually succeeded. <laughs> <laughs> well, she definitely... Like, do they have all these, like, half... You know, I, I guess I'm, I'm putting my fringeness into it. You know, they have all these half-powerful people, but they're not really that great. They did always say that she was the brightest student. Like, when Simon right. first talked about her... He talked about how she was always so much smarter than everyone else. And then I think in the movie, they talked about how she was their best. Yeah. Yeah. And so whatever, if. Well, and, and whatever processes they, they put her through, what, I mean, it was, it was pretty brutal. So mm-hmm. there, there could have been that many um, survivors of it. Right. Yeah, I often wonder in the in the movie in that scene with the teacher if all of those kids were academy kids um in her little crazy horrific mm. <laughs> if they were if that was just a way to reach reach all of their, you know, network their brains or something like that. Mm. We lost Allie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, final predictions about the predictions. <laughs> hmm. Oh, I'm going to go down a limb. I say they'll probably well about uh, bushwhacked. I'm um, bushwhacked or the whole series? That's fine. No. Uh, well, I'm I'm pretty sure they're going to en- enjoy the, the the full series. I mean, if you know, you've gotten oh geez, you've gotten uh, two. Two episodes in, so far, their their uh, Im- impression is favorable. Yeah, but uh, we lost Garrett too. Jeez. <laughs> oh. um, okay. Why don't you oh, hang up and try calling everybody back? Okay, hold on a moment. Uh, come on, where is it? Eck. Oh, this is what editing's for. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so final predictions. Why don't you say yours again, Nick, since we got interrupted? Okay. Well, uh, I I think they they will like the the series as a whole. 
um, because you know they're they're two episodes in and they've pretty much have their their uh, feet on, on the ground when it comes to what, what the world is like and you know mm-hmm. the characters and so um, and in my opinion a lot of the better episodes are still to come well it's not really a a, a risky statement but uh, <laughs> but yeah I. And, but uh, the only thing I, I think they're going to be dis- disappointed with how little we actually see, you know, because uh, it sounds like they have some pretty high expectations, you know, like, uh, you know, we you know we get to see th- this subplot and this subplot. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm sure Joss had that planned, but you know, but it got canceled. Yeah, yeah. So. and um, I'm going at least with Aaron. They'll be able to see the uh, the whole Jane selling out Simon and River thing, yeah. um, and I feel like they're probably gonna like from the near get go. They're gonna be like something's going wrong, <laughs> and they're gonna know what's gonna happen. Um, I I'm interested to hear what they say about Out of Gas, mm. and as far as all the flashbacks and things there, that'll be interesting. Oh yeah, I think. Actually, I always thought Out of Gas was a good episode to start other people on. Since I, I remember it being my first episode yeah. more, than, more than the actual first episode I watched. Because <laughs> I it's just so many scenes that stood out really clearly. Yeah. And I think with Out of Gas also, I kind of like it as a, as a first episode if you're not going to show the pilot. Because it's, it is, is, to one degree or another, an introduction to most of the characters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Although I want to say of, that I, I'm just I can't remember um, airing order, but I because I, I can't remember when Out of Gas aired exactly. Cause when it starts, when, when it where the end. it was towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Because they wanted a clip show, but they couldn't do a clip show. Oh. Yeah. The only problem with showing Out of Gas as someone's first episode is that a lot of the humor depends on us already yeah, knowing the characters. The characters. Oh you know? yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, like like when uh, Zoe first meets. Uh, wash, <laughs> right? But somehow it still worked for me when I didn't know what was going on. Although I do remember, for some reason, being confused with who Zoe was with in the movie. Like I couldn't, I couldn't remember by that point. Hmm. And like, this is embarrassing. But for some reason, I assumed it was Jane. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean, it's, don't be embarrassed because that would make the most sense. They're both warrior people so i've i always thought that was a good pairing um especially since she can kick him around <laughs> well i think I, especially when you see little scenes um mm-hmm. between jean and zoe and i think it's mostly because of um because of adam baldwin and gina forrest mm-hmm. and like they have such good chemistry yeah and they and they you know they they brought the joking around that the actors have into the characters yeah I think everyone to a degree did that like Alan Tudyk and his wacky stuff that, that he always does from you know from the interviews and things that I've seen he bring totally brings that to the character yeah they, they have a lot of comedic actors on on their drama show mm-hmm. that's ja- that's Joss's philosophy drama is easy comedy's hard yeah good comedy's hard mm-hmm <laughs> Well, I'm I'm excited to hear um, Harriet and Melanie's thoughts on Bushwhacked. 
Yes. Um, yes. I feel like that that is that is an episode where things start to turn for the first time. Where well, they were talking about how they hope that not every episode is a job, and that's I think that's definitely the first one that's not a job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Reavers. <sighs> Reavers are so scary. I think we're gonna have a lot to say about the Reavers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm so curious to uh, to hear the first impressions of Reavers. Like, all you got so far was what Malzoy and Jane said about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then, this is the first time you see them, and you kind of start to understand them. And I already knew everything about them when I watched it. Right. So I'm really excited to hear. Uh, but one of the things that made me so excited about Firefly that even though I knew where Reavers came from throughout the entire run of the show when I was watching it on DVD in, you know, a day, I kept wondering like how sci-fi is this going to get? Mm-hmm. And, um, and that is you know, so I think they'll definitely start to think along those lines in the next episode. That's my prediction. Um, that they'll start wondering just how, how different is this universe? And then, um, and then it'll just grow from there because I especially love um, objects in space and how it mm. plays with those <gasps> perceptions. Yeah. My sister's a ship. <laughs> <laughs> we had a complicated childhood. <laughs> uh, well, thank you guys for joining me for our spoilery episode. That was fun. Very fun. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. And uh, we'll be back next time with uh, Harriet and Melanie's thoughts about Bushwhacked um, to my Nears episode, as I remember it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And don't forget to check out all of the other wonderful intro casts out there. There is a whole page of them on BetweenLineStudios.com backslash intro casts. And you can also join on Facebook. There's a IntroCast group if you want to find new ones and spend all your day watching television. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I cannot keep up with all of them. I think you'd have to watch television like 12 hours a day. You're yeah. probably like 26. <laughs> um, but I've been listening to CarnyCast, which is about Carnival. If you want to be frustrated by a TV show, watch Carnival. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very frustrating television. Yeah. Like, what is... I don't understand what is going on. Yeah. I'm about five episodes in, uh, and I'm I'm kind of lost, but oh. in a good way. Yes, it is. It's in a very good way. I'm really enjoying it because it's it really makes me think and then go, okay, oh, yeah, that's right, and this, and oh, yeah. Um, and thankfully, the, the podcast episodes help with your, your rational thinking about... <laughs> I should watch that again. The opposite of complicated is the psych intercast and psych. Yes. Love I started, psych. I know. I started watching along. See, that's my problem. Is I start watching along with the intercast and then I, I can't wait and I just watch the rest of the series. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta wait. You gotta, I, you gotta do is be. Uh, my poor psych intercast people, they've been stuck on the last two episodes because we keep trying to record and it doesn't happen. So they've watched the last two episodes of the series, like first series, like 15 times. <laughs> like, oh, we're going to record tomorrow. Oh, no, we didn't. <laughs> That's why we have quotes. 
Yes. Oh, one last thing. Um, I love that they loved the drugged up Jane scene, but no one had my favorite line. You know what the chain of You know what the chain of command is? Yes. You know who's in charge here. Yes, the chain of command line. Oh. There's often, I, I try not to say as many quotes as I want, but I remember when I was, I, I tweeted this, I, when I was watching the pilot the, for the episode that we recorded, I was like, there's so many quotes in this series that I use all the freaking time. Like, Firefly has made its way into my daily vocabulary. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my goodness. And, and same with Buffy. I use Buffy a lot, but I was just struck with how much I knew I knew what quote was coming up and I knew how many times I've said it in last week <laughs> so yes that's that's the wonderful thing about Whedon there's so many quotes um, well, I, I like getting cursed replacements from sci-fi shows yes Rutten yes, definitely I, got my yes mm-hmm. I use frack a lot I do too yeah that's, that's my running <laughs> one I've had a couple people call me out and I'm like I just picked it up I haven't actually watched that show Oh. <laughs> I always preferred Frell from Farscape. Frell, yeah, Frell's good. Yeah. It just doesn't. You can't say it as angrily as you can. <laughs> like, there's no hard sounds in it. It's all Frell. Frack, you know, it's got that hard K. Yeah. But anyway, all right. So that's it from us. Bye, everybody, and we'll be back next time. Yep. See ya. Thank you for calling. I'll get back to you soon if you should get a message from the dark side of the Still Flying is a part of Quadruplez.com and the Between the Lines Studios Network. Our theme song is Gotta Fly by Marion Call. Make sure to check out her music by visiting MarionCall.com. This podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license. If you like what you heard, please consider dropping a donation at our website, Quadruplez.com, or visiting one of our ad sponsors. Send your own reactions or comments on an upcoming episode to Between the Lines Studios at gmail.com. Join us next time for an episode with our newbies. All the same, saying we got no really real adventures left to our names, and no love, and no truth, and no spark, and no mystery. But I gotta take it off this rock, and I'm history. Grr. Gah. Yay, me. Mm, okay. <coughs> anyway, um, won't die. Yes, I won't die. Uh, First rule of slaying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>